countrymen. Friends, Romans, that it's a plural, Romans. Friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your rears. I mean, lend me your ears. Welcome back to another episode of Cake and Kombucha. I just thought I'd some, insert some Shakespeare in the beginning of the show since um, we are using the Lady Macbeth gauge to wash our hands. If you haven't heard, um, the theater nerds online are saying to wash your hands. You're trying to get out the blood of the murder that you made your husband do, um, you know, something like that, out to damn spot and whatnot. Anyway, welcome. I'm your host, Kelechi Azia. It's another week. Lots has gone down. Um, I'm having a terrible day. I'm just going to put that right, right out in the open right now. I mentioned last week that I was doing some medical procedures. Well, the next one that I have tomorrow involves me drinking four liters, four liters of a laxative. Ask yourself, when's the last time you drank four liters of anything in like a three hour period? It's like part of the reason I'm having all these stomach procedures and stuff to see what's going on with my intestines and my colon and my esophagus is that my stomach is weird. I can't even hold a lot of things in it at one time anyway. So I'm like, now I have to drink four liters of liquid. That makes sense. Oh, it's so horrible. And not only, okay, so the volume of it is one thing, but also it's absolutely disgusting. It is disgusting. I don't know why people just don't unflavor things. I swear, like so many things that are wrong with the world involve artificial flavoring. Sometimes it would just be better to leave things the way it is. I feel like when you try to mimic like fruits and sweet flavors, but using none of those things, it's always, always a problem. Something always tastes really, really bad. So anyway, that's what's happening with me. I'm trying to just get through it. Oh, and also I'm on like a 24-hour fast, so I can only have liquids. It's really great. It's a really great day. Um, yeah, so Super Tuesday, that happened. Other things happened, too. It's probably the biggest news. Um, but let's not jump right into the politics part. Let's start with another story that's absolutely wild. Okay, we'll do that. So as promised, this is going to be pretty crazy, um, but, you know... That's that's why we sign up. That's why we subscribe. Right. You better have subscribed, by the way. I swear. Subscribe. You cannot just be looking for the podcast every week individually and searching it. Subscribe. Then you get a notification when the new episode drops and everyone is happier. Okay. thank you. All right. Anyway, so we are going to talk about the honeypot scandal. So many weird layers. Okay, so honeypot is a company a black owned company that makes vaginal products. Now I have been on my high horse about feminine hygiene before. It doesn't really make sense that there's a whole industry towards us buying extra products to wash our JJ's with and stuff. When in fact the vagina is self cleaning and men are walking around here with stinky balls. I'm just saying like you guys don't, I know this because I go to the gym and I can smell your workout pants and I know that you've worn them more than once. And I've just hear the things that you guys say, like, I just watched the, um, Pete Davidson comedy special. Do you ever like, 
have someone tell a joke that you feel like is supposed to be relatable and then you're just like absolutely not so he said that dogs like help you be a better person or something which like sure taking care of anything that like needs you and is loving I feel like can do that but he said I'll show you you'll you'll you have to wash them and then you figure out new places that you washed that you didn't wash on yourself and he said like um oh yeah like that upper corner yeah in the back that like that side of my butthole oh let me let me get some water in there cancel Eh, stop cut no what are you talking about stop it this is the kind of shit I'm talking about that's disgusting what do you mean cleaning your dog's butthole made you realize you need to wash your own you're a grown-ass adult like I cannot this I swear I know it may sound like I'm being extra but it's all part of the patriarchy men don't think they smell bad they they're just not everything that's like self-improvement oriented is is marketed towards women but anyway Honey Pot is this company that sells like wipes to to keep you fresh and stuff and also cleansers, et cetera, et cetera. Why do I feel like Summer's Eve is trash? I think because they push douches. That's the main thing you never should do is really, you know, douching is not like no gynecologist will tell you to do that. They'll all tell you you shouldn't. It messes up your pH. We all have our delicate pH balance and it doesn't need that kind of intense extra help. But that's the important distinction. I want to clarify so I don't sound like a crazy hypocrite, but that's the difference. Um, when people say the vagina is self-cleaning, it means it is self-cleaning. And the vagina is the whole part. Like, that is one thing. And you should not be sticking things up there to change it. Everyone's going to have their own personal scent um, and odor. And, you know, we can all look online and or talk to our doctors and find out what a healthy odor is. But, you know, when it's healthy and when something is off and there's a difference between sweat and infection and et cetera, et cetera. However, you know, the, the surrounding areas need to be washed. And I will, you know, I'm not, I use something different for my face. So certainly, yeah, something gentle for down there. That sounds great. However, again, like no doctors are telling you to swoosh things up there and that is what the whole douching and summer's eve thing has been pushing for years and years and years honeypot doesn't sell douches i remember buying them years ago when i was i think i was at oh i was at a getting a bikini wax and it was the wipe that they give you before you start and i looked at the brand i looked at the ingredients i like the name honeypot <laughs> yum 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 <laughs> i mean if you don't get it i don't know take a second think about why it's called honeypot and so yeah, I, I just thought it was cute. So I ordered some off Amazon. I had no idea it was a black owned company. So this was years ago. Um, and I really enjoyed them. And I think that they're good wipes for I was looking for I had recently when I saw the Target commercial for Black History Month, which is the source of all this brouhaha. Well, people's idiocy is the source of all this brouhaha. But I was looking for a full body wipe for like when you work out but you don't take a shower and you just have maybe you're gonna run some errands before you go home I was interested in that kind of thing but of course if something is sensitive if something is sensitive enough for your honeypot I mean gentle enough for your honeypot which is sensitive it probably can be used in the whole body so that's it's more of like a size thing with these body wipes again I want to say that we shouldn't be replacing showers with these body wipes because I feel like that's the next thing that's about to happen with people so anyway boom Okay, I'm on the website right now, and I'm just getting distracted by this adorable packaging. Um, okay, so let's see. Our mission is personal. 
Bea Dixon is being really open. She said, I suffered from bacterial vaginosis for months. An ancestor gave me the ingredients to heal myself in a dream. Wow. I wonder if it was like someone that you knew or someone that was in a photo on the wall that anyway, an ancestor gave me the ingredients to heal myself in a dream. I created the formula for an effective, clean, feminine wash. It worked. We launched the Honeypot Company in 2014. The rest is history. Oh, so when I was using it, it was very new. Okay. So let me find you the, the tea. The, the backlash came from an adorable Black History Month commercial featuring the Honeypot, showing it like the, the end display, the end of aisle display. And let's see, let me find you the exact dialogue in the commercial that made people lose their minds. Okay, so Bea Dixon says in the end of this commercial, when she talks about, you know, being an entrepreneur and what it means to her, she says, the reason why it's so important for Honeypot to do well is so the next black girl that comes up with a great idea, she could have a better opportunity. That means a lot to me. I mean, pretty benign. She was talking about how she was given a chance as an entrepreneur. I don't even know what exactly, if Target was just saying, hey, we look at the kind of businesses we support or if it was some kind of like program or grant she was given, I'm not sure. But that's what she said. Again, it's Black History Month, the shortest month of the year. So I'm not sure if the consensus is now that we can't have that and like we we can't celebrate blackness during Black History Month. But I'm just saying, like, even if you think Black History Month is corny or something, there's all of the context for why this commercial was out when it was why certain business would be highlighted was there. It's all the context was all there. People lost their minds. This created a slew of one star reviews on Trustpilot, which is kind of funny because I've never looked at Trustpilot for a, a product review before, like the products that I want people's opinions on. They have reviews on the sites themselves, and I guess I can just hope that they're not paid. I mean, you sift through them, and you can you can kind of start to find a rhythm and figure out, okay, this person said something that was negative, or this doesn't exactly sound like something I would pay someone to say. So, But I, I, mean, I say that because I do know people pay people to fluff up ad situations. Okay, so Trustpilot. Usually where I go to see if a wig website that I've never heard of, like, she's black and glorious.com or like, I don't know, there's some really ebony online or ebony lines, things that sound like porn. There's a lot of like these wig offshoots. They're probably offshoots of um, Ali.com or something. So I go to see if people get their packages on time. That is, I think the only time I look on Trustpilot. I don't look at it to see what the actual, I, I would never look for it for something where I'm probably getting it from a third party anyway. Like I'm probably getting it from Amazon. I know that's makes me a bad person, but I probably am ordering it from Amazon. So I just never, I'm like, what is, what is it like doing business with them? Like you can usually just see if someone has a return policy and stuff like that very easily on their website. So I say that to say it was funny to go on Trustpilot to try to bring this woman's business down anyway to me. But what happened was they, what happened was, excuse me. Let me correct that. What had happened was they flooded her uh, trust pilot page with one star reviews and racist comments. So, you know, racist people's favorite thing to do now is call everyone else racist. I guess it's just 
a club. Everyone wants to be discriminated against. Sorry, you can't. I beat you. And so they were like, this is so racist. It's excluding, you know, other women. What about blah, 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 blah. I mean, I'm almost more offended by the ones that were well-meaning. And by well-meaning, I mean, do you, you sincerely think that like white women are victimized by this. Like I'm more offended by that than the ones that just said straight up racist things. Like I took a screenshot of some of the funnier ones. Okay. So one hilarious thing, which is what does that say about like society's perception of black women is that everyone assumed it was a hair product. So if that in itself doesn't prove that we need business initiative help because I know for a fact hair products are not the only thing black women want to make and to fund. I mean, is it a market where we needed to get in there and make our own products? Sure. But the fact that these racist white people assumed that it was a hair product kind of tickles me. I'm not going to lie. So like there's a one star reviews that say horrible products ruin my hair. Well, bitch, you put like panty liners and and coochie wash in your hair. Then this person says 13% of the population commits 50% of all murders and 80% of all crime. They should e-power black women to get black men to stop raping 10 to 40,000 white women per year, spelled Y-E-S-R, in the United States. Your entire race is a joke, blah, blah, blah go back to Africa and feel empowered there. No one wants you here again. Go back to Africa. will stay the most hilarious because if we are to go back, you need to provide transportation, housing. You need to reimburse us for everything that we missed out on the 400 years that we were kidnapped away. Like I don't just, just since when do you take people places and tell them to go back? Like we didn't land here from the moon. I just don't, I don't, this is a problem of your grandpa's making. So perhaps take it up with him. Secondly, I don't 40,000 women per year. Really? I just thought making up statistics was a, a thing we left behind in like high school, but B, like just, are they not supposed to sound a little like convincing? I don't know. Another one said, if another one said, if black people said, if a commercial said white women, you know, need to be empowered. All of you guys would chimp out, which I'm not going to lie. I thought that was funny. I did. Uh, I'm sorry. I just thought it was funny. I the, Let's go back to the one about um, going back to Africa, et cetera, et cetera. The funny thing is he said they should, he said you should empower black women to get black men to da, 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 da. So it's almost like you understood the concept of like empowerment. It's just kind of funny because other people are saying like they're purposely misunderstanding and saying stuff like how can this product only be for black women or like weird stuff like that. But this person is he's admitting that he's mad that it spoke about empowering black women in business. You know, there's so much to say about this. I mean, you could laugh at how stupid it is, but it was a lot of reviews like they're they're They had gone down to like one percent. Um, so before I tell you the happiest part, let me tell you about. Yeah, the sad part It's just. It just makes you scared a little bit because there are people, these people are real, like they're alive, they're in the world, they're walking around, they're making decisions, they're judges and things like that. Oh, we need to get to this crazy ass judge too. Let me make a note to add that actually. But yeah, 
I think it's just scary that no matter how woke your wokest bay is, we live in a world where certain people of all different ages, like ages that if you click on their profile picture and look at how wrinkly they are, you know, they live through segregation and stuff like that. Um, they like to pretend that black people aren't disenfranchised in America. And I don't, I think some of them mean it. Like some of them are really like, I was talking to my mom about this and she said, some people are not pretending to be ignorant. They genuinely don't know like what racism is. If you look at a textbook and you know, there've been so many fights about textbooks and what's in them. It says like slaves were indentured servants and immigrants. And there's like three sentences and uh, I just shudder to think I shudder to think. So put that where you want it. But I looked on different outlets and then my faith in humanity was restored. Um, you know, Buzzfeed comments were totally different. There was lots of white women, clapping back and people affirming that they had no idea how racist it was. They, I mean, they didn't think anything was racist about it. They thought it was positive. And these are like white women saying like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to buy this uh, women. Of course, you know, women barely own companies ever. You don't see that that much and black women less. So duh, of course, why not highlight it? So that restored my faith in humanity a bit. And then the way that we black women organized and got like people I saw in my own timeline and myself included, we went on there, gave it five star reviews. That woman now has like 7,000 reviews, which is just a huge number of reviews. And I think the let me see where it lands, because when I last checked, it was 99 percent positive and one percent negative. Let me see. Also, we were physically teaming up and flagging the troll reviews and they, you know, noting that they clearly hadn't tried the product. I mean, not all the positive reviews have used the product either, but um, I have. Oh, oh, shoot. OK, so. Ah, okay. So it says, hi there. The Honeypots page on Trustpilot has been temporarily suspended while Trustpilot's content integrity team investigates an unusual influx of reviews, some of which violate guidelines. It'll be reinstated afterwards, et cetera, et cetera. However, so you can't see their rating now at the top of the Trustpilot page, but Google shows if like in the search page that they have 15,497 reviews now and a complete five-star rating, but that's not it. People didn't only speak with their, you know, fingers and their keyboard. They spoke with their wallets because the sales for the company have now doubled, doubled. I am so excited. I think this is huge because, especially because it's a feminine product, you know, so Let's see what this woman's company, her little indie company can do against, you know, Summer's Eve is probably owned by Johnson and Company or Unilever or something like that, I would assume. I don't feel like there's a lot of like competitive indie brands to those main things, which I said we shouldn't be trusting because they convinced us to do stuff the doctors told us not to for a while now. But um the honey pot is going to be all service. It's giving you menstrual cups. It's giving you pads that have some herbal infusions of lavender and I'm not really into scented stuff. Um, I apparently has cooling peppermint. I had a bad experience with, um, Dr. Bronner's once tea tree. I just can't for me, the tingling is not where it's at, but I will be going back and getting their other stuff. 
And so this has a happy ending. It had a happy ending. And I guess we just continue to know that part of America is garbage and part of it is not. And part of it is trying. That's that's all we can do. Okay, let's just jump right into Super Tuesday. I was going to come here with all kinds of like aggro energy and heated opinions. But now I'm just a little more confused. So I'm going to try to stay a little more humble, a little more, you know, I don't know what's going on either. I have I know what I'm confused by and annoyed by, but I'm not sure what the answer is. Okay, so to start out, it didn't go the way we thought it would go. And I'm a little bit mad at why we thought it would go that way and why it didn't go that way, etc. So the front runner was widely agreed upon to be Bernie Sanders. However, last night out of how many states? 12 states? Um, no, 14 states. Uh, Sanders won only four. Yeah. He won... Colorado, Utah, Vermont, and California. And so some huge surprises. It was not a huge surprise that, um, you know, in the Southeast, in very African-American and not heavily, not as heavily Latino or, you know, comparably Latino states that Joe Biden would do well. However, he took Texas, which was very unexpected. And he also took Maine, which was something that would be expected to go to Sanders. Um, oh, I want to try to keep my thoughts organized. Okay. I remember just feeling angry. I remember feeling like I watch MSNBC a lot and not CNN at all, almost anymore, but I know the pundits. I like some of them. They're just kind of familiar. And, um, it's, you know, I'm aware that it's entertainment, but I think I still, assume that if they spend all their time talking about this shit they're they kind of have to be an expert at it and uh you know there's I do want to watch world news and know what's going on in the world but sometimes you don't also want to just keep track of every bad thing that's happening everywhere else so narrowing it down to like this crazy political situation we have in the United States like is acceptable and then I read a lot of New York Times Washington Post um I have like those subscriptions etc so I just felt some sort of like weird like I don't know. Not betrayal is not the word, but I was just like, are y'all, do you know that we watched yesterday too? That's just what I wanted to ask when I, when I turned on and saw the pundits because they confidently talk about what is going to happen and they influence polls and the polls influence them. They influence the polls that in turn influences the voters. And I've been listening to the daily and hearing them go out into these States and people are going to the voting booth and not sure who they're going to vote for. They interviewed one guy and it was just a clusterfuck. Like he had this cute anecdote about how he had been like in charge of the young Democrats at his college when Joe Biden came to speak after the first failed run he had, which I didn't even know about. And he was in trouble. What was he in trouble for? He did some, I don't know. I didn't even realize like he ran for president before and then he got in trouble for, I don't remember what he did. Oh, but then he had an aneurysm. And so he, and so he went and it was a charming story about how they went out for drinks and he called his sons to have drinks too. And he was like, really, he called them cause he needed to ride home. And then 
like this year, the guy runs into him and he's like, hey, American University, which is that's the guy's school. But it was 1987 was when that story happened. And that is something you hear about politicians, that they have this gift for the gab and this gift for people. And that is part of what drives people to politics more than you realize. And I think what's funny is that Bernie Sanders in so many ways is not that type of a politician. He's ideological and people don't really always resonate that way. They just want to hang out with people. They want to imagine they could hang out with their like politicians. And that's just something to put a pin in for later. But anyway, the point of me reciting this story from the daily is that this guy is as about informed as as you would hope that a voter is, and he literally couldn't make a decision. He's like, well, then I watched this and I thought Biden, and then I thought I'd vote for Sanders, and then I thought I'd vote for Biden, and then Sanders. So everyone's trying to act like they're like, you know, in you know a beautiful mind, and they invented game theory or something. And it's kind of a sad position for us to all be in. It screwed Elizabeth Warren, but we'll get to that too. But also, I just was really annoyed at the pundits and how they just continue on. They can be wrong about everything, but they immediately adapt as if they knew what was going to happen. And, and as if they will emphatically just go on to the next thing and act like they predicted that, too, when they were wrong. So they did say it was a surprise. They're like, I mean, this is something that no one could have expected. But here's the thing. Could we have? That's what I want to know. Could we have expected it? Like when you say no one could have expected it. Is that just because you didn't expect it? So you're calling it a surprise when, you know, and they did say other things had to go into it, like the, what is it, the mail ahead votes or something were different than the votes the day of, which does make sense because things change and shift. Um, but I, get, I think I was just irritated. I don't know. Maybe I'm just mad. Perhaps I'm not being eloquent, but I just found it like annoying that you get to be really sure as you're dispensing a lot of speculation and then as soon as the thing you're speculating about turns out a different way you latch onto that and come up with a million news stories about that and there's not really a time to take a breath and say I was wrong like it wasn't I was wrong it was like well no one could have predicted that and it was just like okay <laughs> calm down so yeah I don't know who to hold responsible but everyone is in this like feedback loop where we're all like freaking each other out and somehow we decided that we can't have a socialist for president and so everyone organized against Bernie Sanders like the media like Joy Reid was going in on him publicly a lot of people were just calling him a socialist on the Democrat side which I think looks trashy for when he still might get the nomination the nomination and then where are we then you know you've publicly said that he's a socialist. And so there was this whole effort that it can't be him. Um, so, of course, what helped that? The progressives dropping out, um, which I was impressed that they did that. Just because I, even though I don't agree with them, and even though I still think uh, Pete Buttigieg is a pound puppy, I'm still impressed to see people actually uh, show that they do believe in something bigger than themselves. Like, I'm, it means a lot to me when people can admit they're not the only person that can do a thing. I wouldn't even say I'm the only person that could do any, like as much as I believe in myself and I wouldn't, you won't hear me say that me or another actor is the only person that can do a role. And if people tell you that they're it's bullshit, like there's people that can do things in different ways and do it effectively. So, but as you know, so yeah, Pete Buttigieg and Amy Klobuchar dropped out and they 
supported Biden. And I was just in this tailspin. I was just like, okay, I get it. I get he's put in the time. I get his image of being attached to Obama. And I get why the black community feels like we it's always the devil, you know. So he's done a lot of bad shit that actually some people don't really know about because uh, I didn't know about as much of it. However, we're pragmatic voters, right? We black people don't. It's kind of hard to explain. But if you start trying to pander to black people, you're going to be in a in a bind because we don't trust any of you. Like we don't politically. We have no reason to trust any American politician or the political system. I may if I may be so you know bold as to remind you that the Constitution says all men are created equal and then we were enslaved. So like there's just some big inconsistencies right off the bat. You know, it's just going to change your view of things a little bit. Uh, so when people are like, oh, my God, why do you like Joe Biden? Da, 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 don't worry about it. Like whatever black people do, you could bet that they decided it's the best option they have in their best interest. And so I say that, but I still say this. I am still shocked that people feel confident in Joe Biden based on the fact that he can't string a sentence together. Like I am equally like back this. I, you know, I want to tell all white people that dare to try to insinuate that black voters are like low information voters or things like that to step off. But at the other hand, I also want to, as a black person, want to take my black privilege and ask black people what's going on, because I just want to know, do people watch him in the debates and do we think that's going to fly? Because here's the thing about Donald Trump. He doesn't make any sense and he's an idiot, but his constituents don't care and they either just feel like they you know, he's bringing about the white supremacist country they've always wanted, the, the educated rich ones do, or just jobs, blah, 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 whatever the fuck. Or they, you know, they really do talk and think on his level. Um, but what he can do, it's not he's not string together eloquent sentences, but he can come up with insults and nicknames and yell and repeat them a lot of times. And he thinks on his feet with being a complete asshole. Joe Biden does not. And he never has be it his stutter, be it just the way he is. He's not that type of dude. So I shudder to think what's going to happen when they're against each other on the debate stage. And then the impeachment, which we just watched, I get really frustrated because I feel like people don't turn on Fox News enough and really understand what's going on with the rest of the country. You have to realize the level of craziness Turn it on for five minutes and you will see clips of stuff you saw on other stations that you thought were completely benign being turned into a lie. The commercials are crazy. Like the commercials in themselves sound like some commercials that I would like make for you and put on this podcast. Like it's a joke. I'm just like, what kind of like, you know, bite sized Bible cereal and weird things like that. Like, it's just weird. And they really don't believe in saying true things. It's not a priority. So they're still talking about Joe Biden being a criminal and his son, Hunter Biden, criminally being part of Burisma. And, and that's still the narrative over there. So I'm now like I was just in a total tailspin, like we've handed on a platter someone that has the equivalent of an email scandal. Bernie Sanders, he may, you know, be called a socialist and he was Jewish. I mean, he is Jewish. And I guess I can't really underestimate how racist people are and how that in itself is enough. Like, they're not going to say it in public, but in private, honestly, that could be a huge issue that I haven't really gauged properly. 
But I just felt like he did, he doesn't do anything like illegal. Like he doesn't have scandals like that because he's so, you know, doesn't believe in big business. And I don't know. I was just really like, is this your king? Is this what we have to offer? And the reason that that, you know, it would be one thing if those were our only two options, but we had another option and we didn't vote for her at all. And it was Elizabeth Warren. I feel personally I am okay I, my period is coming so and you know I've told you about my ankle and all this stuff so I, I'm in, like emotional but I feel personally attacked I do I'm sorry like she's an impeccable candidate she's a brilliant person she's effective she's accomplished so much in her career so far she has a plan for everything and can speak to it and break it down and this is what she does. Like, this is what she does on the issues, on black women's issues, black women's mortality, trans rights issues, housing, redlining, bankruptcy, bank loans. She's got our backs in making America a place that we want to live. And she's affable. And I just feel like, so growing up in America, you are told, Everyone knows this from scandal. Now they let the cat out the bag. Black kids, we are told you have to do twice as good to get half as far. This is true. But also then we have like imposter syndrome and need therapy later and are crazy, crazy ass perfectionists. Um, So, you know, it's a mixed bag. But you do as a black person have to work twice as hard to get half as far in America And as a woman, as a white woman, I don't know, like, yeah, you have to work harder than white men. And so let me just say that to see this woman, this white woman be so exceptional and awesome and get completely thrown to the side like a like a misshapen banana. I'm just like, well, damn, what does that say for the rest of us? If this if you're all y'all going to do this accomplished white lady like this, then we the rest of us have no chance like I just wow what do you got to do what do you have to do to get traction what do you have to do to get respect like and it's just this feedback loop of like well she's not electable like I love the memes going around anyone's electable if you elect them she would get Trump together so fast um she would either him and the only thing he can say about her is that she you know, had family lore in her family that she was part Native American. Well, a lot of white people and black people have that. And he, and um, I'm just going to like, I'm just going to go out and say it. You don't have Native American in you. Like a lot of us don't, unless you're from specific parts of America, specific times. And Oklahoma is, she's from Oklahoma. Oklahoma is actually one of those places. So it makes more sense for someone from her area to have that kind of lore. A lot of people think they have Native American in them and they don't. They just are mixed with white. That's the truth for a lot of black people. And this is like Henry Louis Gates dropped this tea on us. Um, when in the show, know your root, knowing your roots, because just, we didn't sadly with the history of our fucked up country, a lot of native American populations had been decimated in certain areas where black people were, they weren't interacting as much as you would think, except for certain areas, which historically, like we know what those areas were. Um, but yeah, that's a whole other tangent. So he could call her Pocahontas and that's about it. And this is like someone who gives the most humble apologies that I of any politician I've ever seen. Like she is like, I was wrong. 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 Even though she wasn't, you know, wasn't from a malicious place. She's like, I was completely wrong. 
I should have looked up what, what I was saying meant. I, I'm, you know, too old and too grown to like keep saying things that I was told when I was a kid. And I, I realized that I've, how much I've hurt like these groups. So again, you know, selfless apology. She's a good person. And it, it really sucks that I don't know when she's going to suspend her campaign or who she's going to put her support behind. I know she was asked about Bernie today. She didn't. I also think that she, I hope history remembers her for ethering Bloomberg in the way that she did. I don't think she did it to help herself. I actually think she did it so that we don't have Michael Bloomberg as president. Um, It didn't help her that much. In fact, it probably hurt her because even when women are speaking the truth, people still get angry if they appear to like not like something. So anyway, I think I'll leave it there. I feel, you know, this isn't done yet. The backlash against Bernie Sanders was so strong that we all people all came out and voted for this is the TLDR version. The backlash against Bernie Sanders being the front runner was so strong that the DNC and like important people like pushed, uh, you know, and then it trickled down to journalists and newscasters and celebrities like people came out against this socialist and everyone went and voted for somebody that looks like they're asleep when they're on stage. I don't think this is going to work out well for us. I I don't, I don't know. Like, how do we motivate behind this? I don't know. And then it's like, who do I go to these stupid pundits for like, you know, to tell me the tea on how we can get the exact numbers we need to beat him? Like, is it that if everybody comes out, even if we think Joe Biden's asleep, then it's okay. Because the point is just that, you know, or like, who are we actually trying to convert to voting for him, I guess, is the concern, too. Um, like, the, and I, I heard that there's more independents registered than Democrats this I mean, than Republicans this year. So there's that. Um, also of interest, I'm just going to lay this here. Tom Steyer, right before he dropped out, the South Carolina and South Carolina. I don't know if I said this last week because, you know, I'm, I've been confused, but dancing to um, back that ass up with juvenile it was it was humiliating like I was humiliated personally as if he was my relative I I just don't don't put people through things like that it's too embarrassing and why the him and why that song where he had to just really replace almost every word in the song even if the word wasn't a bad word the song is kind of like about putting your face in someone's booty and going so just so many things needed to be replaced hi and then last night um, when Joe Biden was giving a speech, he was bum rushed by vegan activists. And I don't look, you guys know, I love animals, but humans are dying of coronavirus. There's wars going on and you're going to jump and bum rush the stage. You're going to risk your life yelling. And the first thing you're yelling is dairy. Go like, good night. I can't, I just can't. Um, his wife, grabbed one of those protesters by the wrists and like wrestled her away. And I just want to say that when you marry a husband that's older than you, like it's an investment and you might have to become his bodyguard. <laughs> like you need to protect the years that you put in and you know that he's not taking them down. So you, you got to do it. So, um, go, go Jill and Jill Biden. And then, no, it's Jill Biden, Joe Biden's wife. And then Simone Sanders, his campaign director, tackled 
she ran up on the stage like a linebacker and tackled them. I don't know what is in the job description, but let me tell you, that wouldn't be me, okay? I am not trained for for stunts. I'm not I'm not doing it. Um, she did say she broke a nail, and it brings up an interesting conversation I didn't realize, which is that the candidates don't have bodyguards yet at this point. I think that's kind of crazy for a vice president. But um, anyway, moving on. You know, everyone on this state can I can I get a word in? I, you know, seems like being a gentleman is getting me nowhere. So everyone on this stage is talking about what they have done, but I ended apartheid. The year was 1911, and I was in South Africa on safari with Bob Marley, Martin Luther King, and Nelson Mandela. Now, back in those days, it was very different to very different times from now. And, and, and the South African government had separated the people into people who like regular animal print, like a classy animal print, like leopard, you know, uh, you know, maybe some jaguar spots and people that wore giraffe, zebra spots print you know tacky tacky stuff stuff you you don't really want to mess with so uh you know I didn't think that was right so I chartered my air balloon and uh me and the guys you know after we had a couple of paps beers and a Guinness you know Martin Luther King and Bob Marley were big fans of Guinness uh, they also partook in a little bit of well it's legal now but I don't want to mention that I didn't inhale and um, so we went down, uh, we went to the government and we said, look, we think what you're doing is wrong and you ought to stop it. And uh, they said, okay, Joe, you're under arrest. And so then the National Guard, uh, which was headed at that point by uh, Napoleon Bonaparte, they stopped me and they held me while the rest of the guys floated back uh, to a hot air balloon. But what I did was I had a good relationship at that time with the president of Narnia. And so I just called him and I walked through the wardrobe and I got back to the United States. So that's the story of how I got arrested and ending apartheid. But the the following month, the the National Guard uh, and Napoleon Bonaparte said that anyone could wear any animal print they wanted and share the same water watering holes so apartheid was ended uh and that's why you should elect me to be president of the united states no malarkey this statement has not been fact-checked by joe biden's campaign to be president of the united states but it was a good story though okay here's something that i'm not gonna lie makes me giggle when ridiculous acting old white men retire you know why because everyone can retire it's actually not a punishment to retire at 74 so i'm talking about chris matthews msnbc host who i played on the show last week harassing elizabeth warren but now we know to add some more shakespeare thou doth protesteth too much Um, He was definitely going at her about whether she believed that Bloomberg actually said was a meanie pants um, because 
he says crazy shit too and just felt like oh people don't people don't like my jokes i didn't no one ever told me that is that because i'm their boss yeah maybe that's why so okay this was precipitated by laura bassett who's a columnist um journalist she published a, a gq column accusing him of making inappropriate advances towards her as she prepped to appear for a show. So she was in the makeup chair and he comes by and says, who are you? Classic. She's, she's like classically says, I've been on your show many times. Hi, I'm Laura. And he says, why haven't I fallen in love with you yet? Which is like, again, these open-ended like, Bad flirting, as we'll get to it. Um, some some irate uh, white dude on like a Facebook page that I was on reading this article was like, this is just bad flirting. Yes. And it's not allowed at work. Like, I don't get what is so hard about that. No one comes to work to be subjected to your bullshit. OK. As it says, she responds by laughing nervously. And Chris Matthews continues with the bullshit, telling the makeup artist, keep putting makeup on her. I'll fall in love with her. Now, if you think again, like if you think these sounds like kind of like insults, like a little weird, it's because, again, like these dudes are really bad at these things. Um, then another time he told the makeup artist, make sure you wipe this off her face after the show. We don't make her up so some guy at a bar can look at her like this. You know, I guess it's a rule of three in comedy. Like I got you to nervous, uncomfortable chuckle twice can't leave you alone got to come back in for third um inside edition laura bassett speaks about you know her experience and the backlash she's received of course we knew she there'd be a terrible backlash and uh the interviewer asks her what did the makeup artist say and the makeup artist said when he walked away oh don't worry about it he's just like that's what he is he does this with everyone great great to know so for coming forward with these statements this woman has received death threats. Of course, you know, kill yourself. You're ugly, blah, blah, blah. Here's the thing. Why should I have to, like, be complicit and staying quiet about something stupid that you said? She was very clear in her statement that she didn't think it was sexual harassment. That's what she, but of course, it's sexual harassment. I hate that you have to mitigate it like this. But she wanted everyone to know, like, oh, I don't think this is the same thing as, you know, being locked in an office with a button under a desk like Matt Lauer and, and like, assaulted, which... Again, I'm not going to let you tell me that I can only talk about something that happened to me if it's like as bad as this. But if it's this bad, then don't talk about it. I'm not your mom. I don't have to protect you. OK, um, Megan McCain and being the idiot that she is, of course, was on The View talking about to see like a man's career boil down to this. It's not boiled down to one thing. He a, has done like lots of weirder things recently. There was the Elizabeth Warren thing. He mixed up two black politicians on his TV show. Like he's been doing a lot of stuff. Um, he's been he's also 74 years old. He's had a good run. He's done this show for 20 years. I will say this over and over again until people get it, that the regular person is fired for having an audition and someone wouldn't switch their shift with them. So they had to get to work a little late at the restaurant or having uh, their car break down and they had to go pick up their kids from daycare and they couldn't make it into work that day. I mean, people are so disposable in the real workforce. I mean, look at what happens to the people at Amazon, which is why I shouldn't really be using Amazon, but hey, um, you know, those articles and exposés that have come out about the way they 
push people to fill 300 boxes in an hour. And if they can't do this, then, you know, people are breaking their backs, working pregnant, having miscarriages. People don't have the sick leave to take off for coronavirus. And we are worried about a 74 year old man who abruptly decides to just on the air say, hey, this is my last episode. I've loved it. You know, I'm going to write some books. I'll still be doing politics. What a world. Am I supposed to cry for you, Argentina? Like, give me a break. I don't get it. Why someone open our hearts and souls and let's really get to the bottom of why we empathize and sympathize with successful white men so much. That is not you, homie. Megan McCain, you're a plus size woman. People, if you say the wrong thing, people are going to be calling you oink, oink, oink and telling you to die and that you should get raped too. Like you, just because your dad was a white dude, you're not. Stop, stop identifying so hard with these people. Their opportunities are not our opportunities. Maybe they will be one day, but not right now. You know, I realized with everyone getting freaked out by Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders that I guess I don't think I'm going to be a billionaire one day. I was like, do I love, do I not love myself? Like, I think I have a lot of potential, but it never occurred to me that these people putting taxes on billionaires was going to like really affect me one day. And other people walk around like, like it does. So maybe I just have low self-esteem, but I just don't think I'm an old white man. So I don't think that, you know, I guess I have a higher bar of behavior for myself than to go around making wacky ass comments to people. So I don't feel personally attacked when someone gets in trouble for something that they should not have been doing. And I certainly don't feel attacked when your punishment is that mutually it's time for you to retire because you're 74 by itself could be enough. Or because you stopped making that much sense recently, you're yelling at people a lot and interrupting them. Trevor Noah put together a compilation of times he's been flirting with women on the air uncomfortably. So again, I'm so sorry that things are changing now and that you just can't do whatever you want and have no consequences, but it's a different world. And you know what? I don't even think Chris Matthews is like a terrible, terrible person. I think he's an idiot and, you know, a smart idiot. He's good at some things and bad at others. And he comes from a different era. Sure. He did not adapt fast enough. Cause again, like you, me too has been going on for like a while. So you've had time for that and you know, whatever dumb compliments or comments, you know, the people who think they have to say something about how a woman looks all the time, you don't Chris Matthews could be a dude at the bus stop. You don't have to say anything about anyone walking by. Nobody asked you, you know, I will say one time a compliment I did enjoy was this literally like five, five. No, this man was like five, two. And I had dressed up and put a lot of effort in my outfit. And he said, damn, you bodied that. And I was like, OK, all right. High five. He made me feel like I won like a contest. Other than that, if unless you have something really like outrageous to say that's actually comical, don't talk to me. Um, just don't just don't do it. Because it's always the really, really aggressive, like, old men or something. I mean, we don't have to go down this road. We know that if we say thank you, then it escalates. We know that if we smile, then people make sexual comments. We know that there's no right answer. And sometimes I have a thought in my head that has nothing to do with a stranger that I didn't know I was going to encounter. And I want to keep having that thought and figuring something out. So just don't, don't talk to people about how they look. It's just such an easy rule, like, for... And I'm, I'm not going to... You know what? And I'm not going to lie to you. Like, there have been... 
I've worked with old men that would say, oh, you look nice today and da, da, da. And I didn't mind it. Like, and I genuinely didn't mind it, but I just happened to not think they were a creep. And I saw them as more of like an old benign man. But you know what? Probably the day that I got really comfortable was the day they would have tried some shit too. So like, that's on me, but it's not up. It doesn't matter. Like we shouldn't be having to suss this out. Just don't say anything. It's not that hard. And so we don't say like, I'm like, first of all, get out the room while I'm getting my makeup done. Just get out of my face. Like, oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I just want the internet comments from women were just so sad. Like I'm devastated. And I used to watch that every day. And who's going to deliver the news now? Someone else, someone else. I'm doing a callback to before, um, one person like this one person you like is never the only person that can do this thing that you like. He never is just, just breathe. It's going to be okay. Um, but I think I started off saying like, I don't even think his apology was bad. Like, I think it was kind of good. His statement was something like, you know, compliments that we give that we've been, you know, there, he said something like it was never appropriate. And, times have changed and it's time for like the behavior to catch up. I don't, I can't, I don't remember what he said, but I actually thought it was a pretty good statement. It was just kind of like, yeah, this wasn't appropriate. And when I repeat it, I'm like, do you get to say that it's a compliment? Cause do you get to label things as positive or negative? But that might be nitpicking. Honestly, it wasn't, it wasn't as like dismiss. It wasn't like a Bloomberg, I made some jokes that they didn't like uh, situation because I don't like whenever people say, oh, it's just funny. Like, why don't you laugh? Like jokes, that's a hard road. But I mean, I don't understand, Chris Matthews, like take your millions and go enjoy retirement and write a book and make some more millions. And then you'll get asked to be on the same network to talk about the book. Like, it's just not it's not that sad. And I don't know what to say about am I are we responsible for the fact that you know, 20 years ago, I don't, I don't know where I was 20 years ago when the show started, you know, but like, I wasn't watching MSNBC. So to say like, is this man's career boiled down to this moment? No. Did he end it in a way that was less than ideal? Sure. Yes. Was that because of stuff that he did? Yes. Um, I, you know, but I think that like, everyone knows that he's done a lot of stuff. Like he's just been on TV a long time and it's up to the individual to make sure that their actions that are positive outweigh their bad decisions. It really is. Again, no one is going to jail. I swear to gosh, retiring with millions of dollars is like prison for a white man or something because the way y'all be acting, I don't even know. Okay. That's it for hardball with Kalaji's <laughs> Yay. Okay, so reality TV, we haven't really discussed in depth in a while. I believe I did talk about how Love is Blind is for reality TV amateurs. You can fight me if you want. I don't care. I'm sorry. I have been ill and bedridden and convalescing, and I couldn't get through one episode, and or I couldn't get through more than one episode. That tells me everything I need to know. Like, I don't... I can't with people being like, oh, my God, it's so crazy. And then we we just marry them after like, I cannot believe that I'm going to marry someone I haven't seen. Really? Because you signed up for a competition to do that. And then you knew that 
like that was the whole purpose of your being there. So saying people on the shows that I like don't exaggerate things or act wackier, but that's different than game show formats. A game show is a agreed upon conceit. So you just can't be like all surprised at everything. So total turn off to me. Anyway, I guess I will say about that. There is some conflict um, in the press or drama conversation, you know, whatever you want to call it, about the black couple on there. So the guy, he is bisexual. Um, from what I saw in the first episode, he did not, he, he wasn't going to tell his partner. Okay, so yeah, I guess like you can disclose things to people whenever you want, sort of. I mean, it's to your discretion. I'm not going to like tell a group that I'm not a part of like what to do or whatever. However, you know that you're about to get married or at least engaged to the person like that was the goal. You don't get to see the person face to face until you propose. So if the process like, you know, of dating is sped up such that you're getting engaged in five days of not meeting the person because you didn't technically meet, then you need to tell them faster. Like, I don't I don't get how you would like not tell your wife, your potential wife about your sexual identity because you're scared that they won't accept it. I just think that if they don't accept it, Aren't they, like, not the person for you? What if she's some sort of, like, born-again Christian, live the way the Old Testament... What Like, she could be super religious or super... I mean, she could be super hateful of LGBTQ people. You need to... You need to have the same beliefs as your partner. That's kind of why I don't get that one. But also just on the same, like, attraction, partnership level, you know, it's like I, you know... from I could use myself as an example. Like, I put full-body shots of me on there, on my dating profiles, because I want people to know that I'm a plus size diva. Like I'm not trying to put pictures of me from like six years ago when I was like counting almonds and only would eat five like for lunch. That is a, who does that help? And then I, you know, then you meet me and I'm like, surprise. No, because I want to know you value and appreciate can, and can handle thick women. Like that's a value of mine. Like that's what I want to know. So yeah, it doesn't really serve me to hide basic facts of who I am. And so I do understand and empathize with how hard if he's really interested in dating, you know, women and wanting to be in relationship with a woman and particularly black women. Well, I don't really know if particularly black women, to be honest, I'm a black woman. So that's more of the women that I know and talk to about stuff like this are black. But I don't know if the if the white women are different about dating bisexual men or Asian women or I don't know. So but anyway, like there's just a lot of swirling conversation around that. And I think it's it's not a conversation to not have, but I just th- I see definitely like some obviously problematic things and more nuanced thing. The more nuanced thing is that I don't think it's not a, you know, question or concern of you know, people say feel like they would be jealous or threatened if they didn't know who their partner was attracted to and how to suss out, you know, who's just a friend and who's a, you know, potential love interest. And, you know, we live in a society that navigates by, you know, separating people into the groups they're theoretically not sexually attracted to. So, you know, like our society is like that. Most societies are like that. I went to a, a Muslim wedding once. Um, I believe everyone is from Lebanon. 
Thanksgiving or Turkey. I'm not sure, but I was a guest, a guest of a guest clearly. Um, but you know, when the men and women are separated into different rooms, like things like that. Now, if I liked women, I would have been having a field day because let me tell you, women like whipped off their head coverings. It's like a Pantene Pro V commercial Shakira concert. I mean, it was lit in there, belly dancing like it was live. Okay, so I would have been like a kid in the candy shop if I was interested in women like that. So, you know, those are interesting questions. Maybe one day we'll get to the point where we're all pansexual. Like we just know that at any moment anyone could fall in love with anyone. But right now we do divide things up. And I don't think it's fair to tell like someone who's always dated men that thought were straight or, you know, operated that way in the world that they're an idiot if they like could possibly wonder about, you know, feeling threatened or jealous or, you know, you should know that I'm only with you. How could I, you know, but yes, but we still, you know, we have things that we consider appropriate and not appropriate. Like your husband doesn't usually, you know, go out with a female friend and go to the spa and have a spa day and do couples massages. I mean, it's just like, but I would do that with a, I would not, you know, I would go to massages and stuff with a girlfriend of mine. So I think that that is something that I do understand why people have concerns about and unfamiliarities. They're not... <laughs> <laughs> I just tried to make up the word uh, unfamiliarity with. I don't think that's a word. But what I don't want to see, but I have seen, is people saying that bisexual men don't exist. Um, I guess this has come up from the same corner of the internet that thinks, like, if you... <laughs> I mean, there's like a lot of parodies of the like, you're, oh man, that's gay. Like today I saw like, if you like sucking on titties, you're gay because you like sucking on things. <laughs> I mean, and these people deserve to be trolled. Um, there's men, there's a man that tweeted that kissing his son is gay. Um, okay. Like, and his son was like a toddler. So I guess I do see why people are this dumb. And they really think that, you know, if a man would ever have sex with another man, that he's just gay and waiting to come out or, you know, I, and I do think women of a certain age, like probably my age and older, they feel like, you know, if you're in your 30s or late 20s, you probably didn't go to school with a lot of people that were out. So may, I do think there's a lot of women that can recall, you know, someone who said they were bi, who then like is now gay. But like I said, I think we will get more used to people being themselves and having all kinds of expressions of sexuality that they want to, you know, as we just get further along in society and get more comfortable. But yeah, there's a whole like conversation of like, do bisexual men exist? And I'm like, that's rude and crazy. And also... No, it's just crazy. Like, come on now. That doesn't make sense. You don't have to say some people don't exist because you don't want to date them. How wild is that? Like, if you're not of interest to me to suit exactly my needs and tastes, you don't exist. Stop it. Let's just stop that. Whoa, I really started talking about this show that I don't like. Um, what I really wanted to talk about was uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta. So you know how sometimes I'm like, Oh, like, why are people so crazy? Like sending people death threats. Look, if anyone ever needed to get a death threat, it would be Kenya's husband, Mark Daly. They're now divorced, but he is 
a monster. And I, yes, Kenny is crazy and does evil things to people. But here's the thing. Kenya is petty and spiteful, but like the stuff her husband does to her is just in a category of misbehavior. That's a, a, a world apart to itself. He treats her like some sort of, I don't know, 18th century Nora in a dollhouse, like indentured servant slave. Like, I don't know. It's just made me realize that perhaps I've been single too long and I will stay single forever because Honestly, I just get confused when men come home and ask people who are also working, like, what's for dinner? I just, I realize that looks jarring to me. Like, you, like, this is not Kenya, but Cynthia was getting her makeup done for an event. And, like, a makeup artist, a paid makeup artist was on the clock doing her face. And then Mike came into the room and she said, okay, let me make you a salad. Is this some sort of like foreplay? Like some sort of like, is this like, I guess like I can do it for special occasions. Like, is it a turn on for me to pretend that you can't do things for yourself? Don't get it twisted. Like I cook for my men and I love, cause I love cooking. It's like a expression of love. But the minute you start to act like I have to feed you, I will just be confused because we both made it to this point of life eating and it's just really confusing to me oh it's just such a nauseating idea that these grown men would really get passed off from like their mother and then the idea is like what that the next woman that they're with like I don't know breastfeeds them too it was just so anyway um her husband Kenya's husband was berating her for not buying him an outfit for his event she brings home things. He says, I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't, I'm not, I'm not thrilled about it, but I'll take that one. Then don't tell me you're not thrilled about it. Asshole. Just wear it. If you're going to wear it, then shut the fuck up. He doesn't say thank you. I mean, it's just, it's some of the most degrading behavior I've ever seen. It's like, it's, he's like a sociopath. And I just, but the thing is like, I don't, I don't see how it was ever better. I don't, I don't know. Like I'm thinking about JLo and enough that guy was nice first, right? But I just don't feel like Kenya really knew this guy. They got married in like six months. She, she keeps saying she wanted that fairy tale. And it's really sad because at 49, you're not getting that. The, the fairy tale is that it's a fairy tale. It's not real. Like you, that thing that you were having was, was too perfect and too good to be true because it was. And that's why it only lasted a little while. So you never had a real substantive relationship with this person. And to say, you just want the fairy tale where he acted nice. Well, he could apparently only keep that up until like the day after your wedding. I think she even said that, that like right after the wedding started acting crazy. I, 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 I ooh, my blood pressure was high watching that. I mean, that was a whole mess. And then Nini is friends with Wendy Williams and has, you know, one of the <laughs> famed speakerphone calls, like as you do, whenever you have something important or private, you put on speakerphone on these shows. Um, and Wendy Williams called and she said, Wendy and I have been friends for 13 years. You know, she has a heart inside and well, this doesn't sound like Nene. I've never done it before. Guys, I do impersonation sometimes and it, it comes out well the first time that was terrible. I don't know why I was trying to find the hoarseness. It's not working. Anyway, this is her justification for being friends with Wendy Williams. 
you know, she has a heart that no one knows and I have a heart that no one knows. Hmm. So you're like evil to most people, but secretly nice. And that's an attribute that we look for in a person. I'm sorry. I don't. Uh, and then she said like she needed some advice from her big sister. What about Wendy Williams life? Seems like she's good at dispensing advice. Is it staying with a husband that dogs you out for 25 years? Is it? There's a lot of more uncharitable things I was going to say. I'm going to try to bite my tongue. I know. Bite my tongue, not bide my tongue. Bide my time. Bite my tongue. Um, no, I'm not going to say that she's shaped like the letter P because I think that's what um, 50 Cent said. And it was funny. It was just funny because it was like a Sesame Street throwback, like the letter P. Okay, sorry. But what about... No, I'm going to go there. Like the surgeries that she's gotten, the wigs that she wears, the horrible things she said. I don't know if I mentioned this or not, but she made a joke about um, there's a woman who was strangled and tossed off of her balcony to her death. She was the ex-girlfriend of the comedian of the Cleveland Rocks, Cleveland Rocks. What's that show? That guy. Um, and she made a joke like about her falling off the balcony. Let me find what it was. Cause it was outrageous. It was like a wordplay and it, okay. It was Drew Carey. Um, and I was referencing the Drew Carey show. Sorry. Un unknowingly forgetting the title, but I also forgot he was the host of the price is right. And so Wendy said, so she, she was killed not by Drew host of the price is right. Come on down as in, you know, come on down like out the window. What is wrong with her? That's not funny. So she, this woman was murdered. Okay. She was murdered by an ex-boyfriend, which is something that we don't really talk about enough that you could just be out here minding your business as a woman. And if you break up with someone and they don't like that, they will kill you. And Wendy Williams jokes about it. Your brain has got to be so twisted. And then someone wrote, okay, guys, you know, I love cancel. I hate cancel culture, but can we please cancel her? Bitch, why do you hate cancel culture? Like what's to hate? I don't like when people have consequences and I'm invoking that, you know, I want someone to have consequences right now, but I hate the idea of people getting consequences. Shut up. Everyone needs to stop apologizing for cancer culture. It's getting annoying. I guess you could just rewind and listen to the whole Chris Matthews rant because that is what I'm trying to get at. There's no such thing as cancel culture. No one really faces grave consequences for things that are life changing the way that victims do for stuff. But anyway, um, Wendy Williams is a whole crazy ass mess. And Nini's over here talking about I want her to be my big sister. <laughs> but I guess that's like when Eva said Nini was her big sister and wanted her to be her role model in marriage because she I guess because Nini. I don't know. She divorced and married the same guys. Does that make your marriage like twice as strong? Cause you did it twice. Oh no. This is weird. People need to pick better role models. That's what they need to do anyway. Um, yeah, it's so hard to watch that. I honestly skipped the episode before last because I, I knew it was about Kenya and her husband and how she's like silent around him. And it's, it's like, Oh, hashtag, Hashtag triggered. I'm triggered because I'm about to like be one of those people sending like hate mail to him on Twitter. Hey guys, just a production note. Um, I recorded this episode on Wednesday and now it's Friday and Elizabeth Warren has since dropped out of the race. Um, I'm not taking it well, so 
I just need some time to process and we'll 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 have to talk about it next week but um send me kind thoughts I'm just you know in a state right now and I hope you guys have a lovely weekend enjoy this the fits and starts of spring and I'll holla at you next week Cake and Kombucha is produced and hosted by actress, writer, and singer Kilechi Azier. It features music by the talented Melanie J.B. Charles. If you like what you hear, check out MelanieJBCharles.com. Oh,